When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. A new baby means big changes for everyone in your family, whether they're human or not. While soon-to-be parents prepare for their big transition, they also need to be aware of the impact of the new baby on their family pets. I'm Madeline Gabriel of dogsandbabieslearning.com, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 102. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome once again, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents from the newborn years through kindergarten. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join us week in and week out, and thanks also to those of you who may be listening for the first time. As you may or may not know, you can join our Parent Savers Club and receive access to special bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. Uh, so check out our website for more information on that. And if you haven't already, please make sure to download the free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. That way you'll automatically have access to all the great parenting advice and conversation we have on Parent Savers every week. As soon as an episode is ready, it just magically appears through the magic of phones and technology. <laughs> um, so let's start this week's conversation about a uh, new baby and the family pet by just meeting everyone who's going to be talking in the studio. My name's Johner. Uh, I have three boys, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Oh, I'm going to say my age i am now 40 years old wow. I, just, I just turned 40 awesome. um, so i crossed that threshold and we do not have any pets um my wife is allergic to pets unfortunately but like all know, pets she's allergic to she's, all well pets? probably not like iguanas and goldfish <laughs> but, anything um, with hair anything with hair uh, and she actually developed it which is what's weird because she lived wow. with someone who was just crazy cat lady but anyway um <laughs> but definitely i'm around pets and have tons of friends are and so definitely interested to talk more about the topic uh, my name is Julie Sanders. I am 31. I'm an engineer. I have one girl, and she'll be five months old next week. And we also have one dog at home. What kind of dog? He's a corgi. What is that? Um, it's the dog that the Queen of England has. The oh. one with the kind of foxy-looking, okay, yeah. short, with the long back. Totally. Yeah, they're a herding breed. He's six. Oh, nice. nice. Okay, well, I'm Sunny. Um, I am producing today's show for Parent Savers. I'm also the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Parent Savers, Preggy Pals, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks. And um, I am a mommy to four children under the age of four. My oldest is three and a half. And um, we do have one dog, and he is a teacup poodle. And he does not shed, and that is on purpose because I would go crazy <laughs> of with all the toys in our house, and then hair on top of that, I would go crazy. So um, he's he's only about four or five pounds himself, but he thinks he's a big dog. Yeah. yeah. I'm Madeline Gabriel. I am a dog trainer specializing in um, dogs and small children, so both for babies and children up to around the preschool age. I am 47, and I have two boys who are 12 and 9 now. And we currently have a two-year-old flat-coated retriever as our family pet. 
Nice. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Before we talk about New Baby and the Family Pet, we're going to do a news headline. And this is something that's actually um, pretty current. Uh, it happened a couple weeks ago uh, when this got posted, an opening day of the Major League Baseball season. Um, but uh, a sports commentator named Boomer Esiason, he came out, and this is from USA Today com. Um, therefore, the win section. He came out, and maybe you've heard of this one, but he ripped the, a Mets infielder for taking paternity leave during opening day. Um, so New York Sports Talk Radio host Craig Carton and Boomer Esiason ripped Mets second baseman Daniel Murphy for using his collectively bargained right to paternity leave to be with his wife in Florida after the birth of his son. Esiason, a former NFL quarterback, argues that Murphy and his wife should have scheduled a cesarean section before the season started because uh, otherwise then he wouldn't have to miss the opening day of the season and the first two games of the Mets. Um, and Murphy didn't do that, and he went ahead and missed the games. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of outcry, outcry and backlash to Boomer Esiason for saying they should take a C-section. But what did you guys think when you heard about this story? Um, I was pretty horrified, and uh, I actually shared it on Facebook <laughs> with my horror. And I'd also <laughs> read um, that he had said something about, oh, why didn't he just get her a nanny? Why does he have to stay home to help and or stay in the hospital with her? That's ridiculous. And I was thinking that uh, it's not just the husband's role isn't just to get a new mom things. It's right. yeah. He's part of the experience. He's the partner in this life-changing event that he wants to be a part of, and that's... That's not something you can just go hire a nanny for. And, um, yeah, just, sure, I'll just have a, I'll just schedule a C-section instead (laughs) for your convenience. No worries. (laughs) Well, can I ask a question about Boomer? First of all, John, do you know any personal information about him? Like, is he married or should I say divorced (laughs) (laughs) or is he single? Because it kind of sounds ignorant to me. You know, it sounds like he, he doesn't really get it. Well, like, he I, hasn't been through it. I am not defending Boomer Esiason here. Let me be really <laughs> clear on that. But his perspective is also coming from a football player, where there's only 16 games a year. Oh. And they're all very important. And what he is saying, and again, I'm not defending him, is saying, hey, this is this guy's job. And he's missing his job when he should be there and some really important days of his job. And this job is what's going to let his family be successful through the rest of their life because he's a major league pitcher. That being said... It's clearly not the right viewpoint of, oh, you're having a baby. Let's just schedule it for convenience and what really having a baby is all about, not to mention the impacts on the wife as well. But I think that's... You should have all the same paternity rights as any man in any other job. Right. Yeah. Well, well, their their paternity leave is three games. Yeah, three games. I mean, we're not talking about months. I think that it has... But I think that Boomer's point had nothing to do with, you know, should he... what are his paternity rights, but the fact that he should be more focused on his job 
and should have scheduled, had done everything he can to make sure that baby didn't interfere with his job. Is there is there any possibility, though, that these words were taken out of context? No. Again, just no. Was it on TV yeah. or something? He said it? Yeah, he said it on the radio. Oh. The one thing I will say is he has apologized and apologized profusely about it and realized the error of his words and has definitely come oh, out and I'm said sure it. But I think getting... the damage is done for him. Right. Um, but he, I mean, his, and I read his apology. I don't have it in front of me, but he was apologetic to... His wife to him. He's saying, I, yeah, this, "Actually, I shouldn't even when have been talking home, about the you." Doors, the yeah. doors, were, the locks were changed on the doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He issued a pretty extensive apology, and I think yeah. he realizes that what he said was wrong and has probably changed. And ultimately, I think that's you know, look, we all make mistakes, and I think if we can learn from mistakes, that's great. I just hope that he wasn't perpetuating something or solidifying a stereotype to his listeners that yeah. that this is something that it's an option yeah <laughs> i mean yeah if that's something they wanted to do fine but just to say that it, it needed to be done because of a job just doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't it doesn't oh. it really doesn't making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy but you know what is going to aruba all you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools relaxing white sand beaches and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face you won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Today's topic on Parent Savers is new baby and the family pet. Today we're joined by Madeline Gabriel from dogsandbabieslearning.com. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's to be fun. So for many families, um, pets are actually really their first babies, right? And so what's what can be expected from pets like dogs and cats when the new baby comes home? What should families expect? Well, you know, the, the big thing is that, that your pet wants to connect with you still. Yeah. So the pet's question is always, are we still okay? So the, the baby doesn't really mean anything to the, to the dog or to the cat, but they want to see, are we all right? So things like, like looking at your pet, talking to them, smiling at them are ways that you're going to connect back. But you can't expect the dog, you know, to really know anything about the baby. There's nothing a dog or cat can do with your newborn that's going to actually be helpful. So you're looking at your relationship and your friendship with your pet as you become a new parent. Right. And I even, I, when we had our second and third kids even, you know, you get the advice that always take care of the older kid first because they're going to remember it. And so is it kind of like that with pets a little bit? Too? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that is really interesting to look at it that way because your your pet has an expectation of, of when you will connect with them. So if there's something going on, if you just take the time to look at your, look at your dog or look at your cat, smile, say, you know what, a phrase I teach parents is, I got this. The baby starts crying. Just look at your pet and say, hey. I got this. And then that helps reassure the animal, but also makes them connect with you and not think, oh, do I need to run to that baby? Do I need to do something? Because they don't. They just need to be with you. Wow. So pets, like dogs, can actually think that they need to do something when a baby's crying? Well, it's always a guess, you know, what's yeah. going on in their heads. Well, yeah. But, but sometimes really you can us. see <laughs> by their behavior, right they there. run back and forth. Yeah, my dog is right there when she cries. Yeah. He, really? Yeah, he, he gets visibly anxious and is just like, she's crying. What are you doing about it? Do you need me to do something? Can I put my body against her? Will that help? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do whatever we can. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the things with animals is that you don't want them to come up with their own idea. 
about what they should do with your newborn. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you think about what dogs will do with, with a newborn puppy, yeah. like the way they would carry them. Oh, yeah. You know, picking Ooh. up by the neck by the and scruff carry. the back. The, yeah. You yeah. know, so, so a, a dog doesn't know what to do with a human newborn. Right. And so that's why you want their attention back on you. And it's great when you feel like you've got a buddy. You're like, come on, you can come with me. But here, I'm going to take care of the baby, and you're going to be with me. So... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we're talking a lot about dogs, but I know a lot of parents have cats. Is that, you know, how do cats behave differently in that kind of scenario? You know, a lot of it will be similar in that it's an individual animal. So across species, okay. it would be more across individuals. But the idea with cats is that a cat would have a little bit more access physically because they can get over a gate, they can climb into things. So you need to look at that, particularly with a newborn, that no animal has physical access to your baby. So sometimes with cats, people will put up a screen door inside temporarily so that the baby's room, you can leave the door open to hear the baby and get air in there, but a full screen so that mm. the cat doesn't just jump in. Because you just don't want an animal exploring your newborn when you're or not aware. shedding on your newborn. <laughs> yeah. I said shed, shedding, shedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, yeah, you want to watch that personal space. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the thing too with cats is you can divide a room vertically with a cat. So having some things up high, like a high like little catwalk kind of thing or mm -hmm. like a cat tree sort of thing mm -hmm. right, may help the cat feel like they have a little bit more space when they're not comfortable with, you know, if there's crying or a lot of activity, you can still have the cat there in the room in their own spot. I've actually heard that. I can't remember who told me that, but they said that their cat was having a really hard time adjusting to their new baby, or maybe they had multiple kids, but they said that they created like this perch thing, mm -hmm. like in their living room, um, and it was kind of attached to the wall or whatever, and the cat totally chilled out after that because it just went up on this and just, he just wanted to see everything right. that was going. Didn't want to be messed around by the kids or anything, but just totally calmed the cat because he could observe right. without interacting yeah and then that's a good way for animals to acclimate is by being there but not feeling like they have to participate right so sometimes i call it like a peripheral kind of acclimation in that okay they can watch they can observe but they're safe where they right. are right so let's talk about when does the process start for getting the, the pets ready for a new baby it's not right when you show up with the baby is it well, or I mean, we can, well, we can always make that make that work. You know, yeah. whenever it is a family is starting, there's always a good point that we can start from. Yeah. But ideally, it starts, you know, just from the time you get your your pet, because a lot of it with a new baby really just traces back to just basic behaviors okay. and attentiveness in a dog. Um, but but surely, when you find out you're pregnant, you can always start doing a little at a time because you know, you don't want to wait till the last minute. Yeah. Because a lot of times you feel like, oh, I've got all the time in the world, and you don't anticipate that maybe that last month you really just don't feel good. And just things pile up. So getting it addressed ahead of time yeah. would make you feel better. And so, like, I'm sure that, the, and so like I said, we don't have pets, but they notice when you're removing the house around or putting new things in a room. Or, or your belly's getting Putting bigger. together a new piece of furniture. Yeah. Your belly. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of changes. And for some pets, that alone is distressing. And even if there wasn't a baby coming, if you were just reorganizing your home, some families will tell me that, oh, whenever I move something or bring something new in the house, the dog is distressed. So it's important to sort of disconnect that from feeling like it's about the baby when you know already, well, my dog just isn't comfortable with change. Mm -hmm. And that way you don't feel so complex, like, oh, he doesn't like the baby or, you know, th that it's not going to work because it has nothing to do with the baby then. How do you know if it's not working? What are the, you know, what are the clues? I guess everyone knows their dog and their cat, but I mean, how do you know? What are the signs that animals behave that you know something's not right? Well, it's, well, I mean, obviously like growling 
or behaviors mm-hmm. that make a family uncomfortable or make them feel unsafe is always something that you need to attend to. If you say, mm, I just don't have a good feeling about this, that's when it's a good t- time to get an expert to come in and look at your individual situation. Yeah. But usually there's always something we can do to make it better. So so an example, you know, sometimes the animals are distressed, like maybe they're pacing or they're crying a lot or they're not sleeping well. And that it's just like with, with human parents, that that's a transitory time of your life. And I always encourage parents, don't make a permanent decision about your best friend in a time of your life that's not going to be forever. You know, there's always something we can do to make it better. Julie, what did you guys do? Well, my dog's always been very baby friendly, so we weren't too worried about how he would react to her. So. And that's just from seeing like your friend's babies? And, yes. Uh, yeah. we've my, when my sister brought my nephew over when he was four months old. He was immediately just like, this is my baby. I will. If you put a baby down on the ground in my house for a sec, turn your back and turn back. There's my dog laying in front in protective right. mode. He just he just knows that they're vulnerable and that they should be protected. And he's always he's a very gentle dog. So we, yeah. we really lucked out there. Um, one one thing that I wasn't prepared for was that uh, he he's not allowed in our bedroom because my husband is actually allergic to dogs. So mm. that's that's his how he makes it work is he has the bedroom is his dog free yeah. zone where he can breathe. <laughs> right. And uh, so he's always slept in a crate outside of our room. And. Since we brought her home, he has never once slept in the crate again, and he won't. He won't go in it. He he tried he, since all three of us now are in our bedroom at night. Yeah, because we co-sleep with her, he feels very left out. And uh, does he sleep right by the door? He does, uh, but he he for a while tried to sneak in, and he every time we opened the door, he would try and worm his way in there and. Yeah. and kind of lay down right next to my side of the bed and just be like I want to be part of the family too and and so we weren't worried about him being aggressive or not understanding that she was delicate but um there there is still the the issue of that he's now not feeling perhaps like as much a part of the family because he can't physically be there so um but it really only comes out at night yeah um well during the day if uh he really loves to play fetch so a lot of times he'll get very insistent on playing if i'm giving a lot of attention to her so a lot of times i'll kind of sit with her on my lap and just sit on the ground and play fetch with him and kind of give both babies attention but but he he's definitely a little more needy now um and that's something that we didn't really I don't know quite how we would have prepared for it, but that's that's a challenge. Yeah, I like how you're finding a way to incorporate what he needs with what you're doing with your baby. We try. <laughs> and it's nice that he's telling you. You know, He's saying, here's the ball. I'm trying to think of an activity we used to enjoy together and offer that to you. So yes. it's a really nice conversation you're having with your dog. He's very good at communicating. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what a lot of behaviors that get labeled as the, the dog is jealous are the dog trying to reconnect with the owner. And they're trying to find what is a way that my owner will look at me. They're not looking at me anymore. Just making that connection with your eyes is important. But it's nice that he found, he's like, here, here's the ball. Can we do this? And you're like, you know what? I can do both. And you're able to meet his needs too. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a nice job with that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, we need to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back. And I want to talk about the, the magic moment of bringing the baby and having him meet the pet for the first time. So we'll be right back. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Parent Savers. Today, we're talking about new babies and the family pet with Madeline Gabriel. Um, so th- I have this memory of all with all my kids of that moment when we first came back into the house. And with the third one, it was nuts because we had two older ones <laughs> just running around. It was like, Surprised what you remember the moment <laughs> that one? done, right? <laughs> but um, there's this moment where you're home with the baby and the dog for the first time. Like, how, how did that go for you guys? Or how do you prepare folks for well, that? Well, I, I, I think you'll find it sort of funny in that it's very anticlimactic right. in the way that I, I teach it because yeah. we have a lot of images of like we're going to present the baby and the dog's going to love it. <laughs> right. You know, kind of like the Lion King where you hold, <laughs> the, hold the baby up. <laughs> She's done but that. But by really, That's right. <laughs> but, but really, you know, if we step back and think about, well, what do we want the dog to think his or her role or the cat is with the baby? It's it's not really to be the dog's or the baby's nanny. Yeah. And and so I teach that bringing the baby home is really not that different than bringing home groceries or a pizza box in that we want the dog to see that this is just a regular thing. We come in, we hold things. They're not always immediately available to the dog. So the idea of coming in and presenting the baby while everyone holds their breath and says, oh, I hope you like it, <laughs> you know, as if the dog yeah. gets the vote. Right. That whole situation, I think, is, is a little weird for the dog. And sometimes it makes the dogs more wary about the baby because now we're like, well, what do I do with it? Right. And so, you know, my, you know, my advice is really to just be normal. So, so obviously, if you think your dog is going to jump or, or you know, kind of knock into you, then the dog should definitely be on a leash or, or, or somewhere so you can just walk in unencumbered. But you come in with the baby, you put the baby down, just like you would your groceries, greet your dog, give your dog something to do, and then just go ahead and settle in as if it's yeah. just normal. It is true if you think about it. It's how you treat it, right? And, like, you wouldn't come home and say, look, I've got a big box of milk bones. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look at it. Yeah, look okay, at the tree. I do. Yeah. When yeah, I yeah, get but... a tree, I make a big deal. Yeah. I know, but you, right when you come from the store, yeah. you don't say, look at the box. Yeah. Uh, maybe you do. Yeah. <laughs> but none for you right now. Right. Yeah, but, but you can't have it. But because, because longer term, yeah. as you settle with your baby, I mean, you really want your dog to be with you and not be fixated on the baby. Right. You don't need the dog sticking its nose in you know, when you're trying to change the baby. You just want the dog to be relaxed around the baby. Yeah. So in some cases, we talk in the class about if parents want to practice, you know, holding something interesting in terms of a training thing, they could actually work up to holding, like, say, a rotisserie chicken <laughs> and walking around. <laughs> be- because if the dog can be relaxed in the presence of other things that you hold, you're going to feel a lot more relaxed bringing home the baby because the picture is the same to the dog. Right. You're holding something. It doesn't mean you don't love them, but it's also not necessarily available to the dog to physically explore. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about a fragile newborn baby that you can't just hand it over to the dog. You're yeah. not allowed to eat it like a rotisserie chicken. I know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you can't eat it. And it's going to stick around a little longer than the rotisserie <laughs> Yeah, <chicken>. hopefully. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, it, but it sounds like really for the pet, it's this – you know, things are going to be the same, but they're also going to be like and different and preparing them for both. Like things are the same between us and we're still going to have what we had, but everything's different now too. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of normal for a dog in terms of over a dog's lifespan, over about 15 years, we have a lot of changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we move, we meet other people, work schedule change, 
you know, sometimes we get other pets, which are even more, right. you know, a, of a change for a dog than, than a baby. So, so just look at that, that, that animals are very adaptable and, and they want to be with you as your family grows and changes and it, it's okay. Now, how does that work if you have multiple children? Like, you know, you're not bringing home baby number one. You're bringing home baby three and four. And Hypothetically <laughs> speaking. Hypothetically, yeah. I don't know who brought home babies three and four and their dog freaked out. But, um, yeah, I mean, is it like, you know, you hear, you know, when you, when you talk about your children, you know, you hear um, that your children have to find their new role. You know, mm, everything's uh-huh. changing. Is it kind of the same with a pet where a new baby comes home, another new baby comes home, and each time they've got to find their place a little bit you know I, I think each time it's just easier yeah because they, they, they've acclimated and are they and, just given up yeah or they've just given up it's just part of part of the way it is part of the routine yeah. of the house and here's a baby and the baby's crying but i've heard crying before and just you, they just move on right mostly okay actually the way i approached it when when we came home is uh, another thing to consider is that we were away for three days and we had left him home we had our very awesome neighbor come by and spend time with him and walk him and feed him but he was home by himself for three days and so we walked in the door and it wasn't about we had this baby it was about Mm -hmm. that we were home and before that it usually was right if you hadn't seen him for three days exactly we would come home and we would spend time with him so that's what we did is um we actually had her in her car seat up in the stroller, and he didn't even know she was there. And we just sat and we just played with him nice. until he was tired. And then when when that was all done and he was uh, kind of taken care of and you're home, we're home, we're all good, then we brought her out and we said, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and we have a baby. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was nice because it, it's that idea of meeting your dog's needs as best you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good job. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so I have to ask about allergies because, you know, my wife, your wife's allergic. My wife's allergic. <laughs> and, you know, so, and I, actually my youngest son is allergic too. Uh, um, so, and, and we realized that from him being around dogs or like touching them. So, uh, yeah, that was happens? one of my greatest fears when I was pregnant the first time. I, I, I think my husband said I kept him up many hours at night saying, what if the baby's allergic to the dogs? Right. Where are we going to put the baby? Because there's dog hair everywhere here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's something that, um, that you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know until you have the baby. And, and, that stuff that probably talking to the pediatrician would be really helpful because, you know, there's always things changing in terms of what's possible with allergy medications. Mm-hmm. And sometimes early allergies are things that children can grow out yeah, of. exactly. And then also, you know, just studies about children who've, as infants, been around pets, have some immunity to, to more issues later with allergies. So, I mean, yeah. you just have to weigh what's going on with the child. We had, we had some friends, um, and I remember that they're going through it that their son they have one son and he was allergic to their dog and she'd had the dog for you know so that's heartbreaking long, right mm-hmm. and so they actually got him the um what is it when you put the tubes in the, tubes in the ears right oh, like know. they did a mm-hmm. surgery yeah. uh-huh. wow. on the boy to make it so that he could tolerate the dog more oh my gosh really yeah because she was like we are not getting rid of the dog and so, but then he wow. wasn't allergic anymore after he got the tubes in it. Like, so, so but, and, and then obviously I don't think that would work. And obviously that's, I think a pretty interesting conversation. Sure. Um, but whatever he had made him susceptible to being allergic to the dog and it right. was able to be cleared up with a medical procedure and they elected to have the medical procedure. Yeah. And that would be on an individual basis, you know, with, yeah. with a doctor, because it may have been that he was allergic to other things right. as well. And Ex- that, yeah. that helped him 
Right. You know, so that that's nice when the family is able to look at all their options and see what's best for them. But that really, I think, underscored for me. And I mean, I it's around my life all the time with all the my friends who love dogs and everything. Just how strong that bond is between families and pets. I mean, if you're going to have your kid do surgery just so you can keep the pet. That There's a bond there that you have to, to see. Well, and we're going through a really hard time right now, too, because as I mentioned before, I've got four kids under four. And my 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 oldest child, who's between three and a half and four, he, um, he, he pretty much knows not to mess with the dog too much. Because when you're talking about a little teacup poodle, like right. they're, they're very, very vulnerable. Delicate. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're vulnerable. And so, um, but man, my little guy that's almost two, it's like, you know, they were buddies at one point, And now he just, you know, wants to aggravate the dog. And um, the dog has gotten to the point where he's very gentle around the twins. You know, my twins are almost five months now. And he's he's very gentle around them. Um, but he's whiny a lot. And he barks at everything now. And he wasn't that way before. And so um, we actually took him to the vet because I said, I can't handle this. I cannot, you know, he's waking up the babies. I'm going crazy. It's it's seriously, my husband and I joke about it, but it's true. It's like we have a fifth child with a dog. And, you know, he wants to be near me all the time and he's tiny. So I've got to lift him up. You know, if I'm getting on the bed, you've got to lift up the dog. It's like, it's, it's a lot of work. And we went to the vet and... And I said, he needs to calm down. Just calm this dog down. And we actually got him on Prozac. <laughs> Believe it or not, doggy Prozac. Really? Yeah. And um, it really didn't work. But it, it was a, a liquid form. And we had to give him a shot of it in his mouth. Not, I mean, not in the gum or anything. But, you know, just kind of give it to him, like, orally. And um, it didn't work. And now we're on a different drug. And we're just trying whatever we can. Because it breaks my heart to think that... Um, we would have to get rid of the dog because right. we love this dog. But I, I'm not the type of person that would put tubes in my kids' ears. <laughs> like, it is my kids above the dog kind of thing and my sanity above the dog. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard time when, yes. you know, especially with twins and when you have young children that almost anything in your home would be hard to manage, sure. you know, at that yeah. time. But but there's always a lot that can be done with an animal to try and try, try and just help them relax. Right. Because, you, you, I mean, you know how it is when you're sleep-deprived. And there's just a lot going on. You're not at your best. Right. And sometimes that happens to our pets, too, where th- this isn't the way he's going to be his whole life. Mm. Of course, yeah. You know, so finding ways to meet the animal's needs and, and build in some rest, some chances to relax. I mean, that's the kind of thing, sort of like with a trainer behavior modification, maybe in conjunction with medication if your vet feels that's important. Mm-hmm. But medication alone probably isn't going to right. address it as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I was told, too, it's important for the pet to have its own space. So we actually carved out, like, a little area um, where our washer and dryer are. And, um, you know, his cage is in there, although he never goes in there. But his his food's in there, his water's in there. And we put, like, a little doggy door in there so he can get in and the kids can't. So if he wants to retreat, which he never does, he just wants to be around me. And, of course, my kids want to be around me. So oh, I know. Everybody wants to be around work. mom. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, I'm the popular one. Yes. Um, but, but that... You know, the vet said that was a good idea, too, to have kind of like their area of retreat. Where yeah, they there's, a, there's a thing called um, a safety zone. Yeah. And the idea is that you, you teach a pet kind of like which a place where the children aren't going to be able to, to, to distress the dog. Right. But, but the, the part that makes it easier is that you teach the dog ahead of time that this is a good place. So it's not just when you can't deal, you know, run and hide because yeah. you don't want the dog to feel like they're hiding. Right. But everything you have that you're going to give your dog that he's going to enjoy. It's mm-hmm. like one of those little Kongs that you can stuff with, you know, little bits of food. Right. Or like a little bone or a chewy thing. If the dog gets that in that spot, 
you're trying to think of it more as a break room. Right. Like, okay, it's break time. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, kind of like kids, it's snack time. And they right. all kind of run over there. You want to make it where that's a spot where the dog would want to go. And so you think of it like a, like a den, you know, kind of like den animals. But think of it like a den, like you wish you had, you know, with a couch. It's like a, a big man TV. cave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mommy cave. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody says, oh, you look a little distressed, you know, dear parent. Why don't you go to your den and look, I prepared you a snack. Yeah. Have a little rest. You want it to be a relief, yeah, not right. a, okay, I can't deal with you. You need to go here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that makes it a little bit easier. And you can do that proactively throughout the day, kind of like with the baby. You don't wait until the baby's having a meltdown and say, oh, maybe she needs a nap. You, know, you kind of plan your day so that safety zone can help you do that. Right, well, we probably need to wrap up the conversation. Is there anything else you want to make sure to get across? I know, like we were saying before, that we could talk for hours about this topic. Oh, I know. There's so much to talk about. You know, my class is three hours long, but I tell parents we could spend eight hours, but then no one would ever sign up for an eight-hour class. <laughs> right. But, you know, I just want to tell parents that it'll be okay. You know, if the dog is your baby... Your dog is still your dog. Like, your dog was never really your baby, which means your dog's not losing his place. Your dog is your companion and your dog, and you can enjoy your dog. You can enjoy your cat as you become a parent. It can be okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And folks can definitely get more information about you at, um, what's your website again? I want to make sure I get it right. It's dogsandbabieslearning.com. Great. So check that out. We'll also have that linked on the episode page on Parent Savers. Um, the conversation will continue after the show for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, Madeline will tell us a little bit more about getting rid of pets, something that's kind of came up a couple times. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more in our bonus content. For more information about Parent Savers Club, visit our website, parentsavers.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello, Parent Savers. I'm Brian Miller. I'm the owner of Geppetto's Toy Stores in San Diego. We want to talk about toys for one-year-old to two-year-old, your beginning toddlers. At that age, your kids are going through a language explosion. They're learning their first words, repetition. Books are wonderful for that age. Books that have interaction, books that have surprises, books that repeat and repeat and repeat. That's how children learn. So any book that you can read with your child where there's a surprise, where there's an interaction, those are awesome for that age. Also, larger motor skills are being developed. So things like stable walkers, even a baby carriage that's stable for your child to push with a baby, and even play shopping carts. Those are great things to play with with a two-year-old. Also, at about that year-and-a-half stage, kids are going to love carrying something around with them that they can put their toys in. So it might be a purse to be like mommy. It might be a bag that they're going to fill up with their fun things. It's great to be able to walk and hold something. Also, push and pull toys. A child does a push toy first, like a pretend lawnmower, and then as they develop the skills to pull something, because pulling they have to walk and look behind them, that's a great combination effort. Um, A pull toy is a great thing for a child, a dog on a string that they can pull when there's a cause and effect. Those kind of larger motor skills really help with coordination. You can visit our website, GeppettosToys.com, for more information. Or for future ideas, listen to Parent Savers for more toy tips in the future. 
That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, the boob group for moms who breastfeed, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Next week, we're going to be talking about the milk mystery, which is this thing that I've wanted to talk about for the longest time. This is your topic, This is Donna. totally my topic. It's like, you. why is cow's milk so... <laughs> so why is great. It, why is it held up on this pedestal? <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about this a little bit more. So hopefully you guys join us for that. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.